Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Return of the King, one orc riot at a time. I'm Norman Mitchell. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And today we're talking about Minute 180, three hours into the movie. Oh my god! What? What? High five! Oh my god! Yeah. High five! <laughs> minute 180, which starts with our with our poor peasant Urukai from last minute. Uh, falling absolutely Just to his doom, um, breaks his back on a crenellation no, on the way down. No, it's no, bad. No, no. Uh, and ends with Sam entering Kirith Ungol while it's strewn with dead bodies. Yeah. Um. There is no intelligible dialogue in this minute. Mm-mm. Zero. We can't play the Jodorowsky game where it's like pick the line of dialogue that's the best. That was a good game. That was fun. <laughs> But yeah, there's uh, no dialogue in this minute whatsoever. Just a whole lot of orcs beating the hell out of each other. I would say the best line of orcish dialogue is that one guy with the nose ring that's just like, what? And then he just yells. He just, he steps he, like, in roars. and he's just like, Whoa! Yeah, yeah. Does he have a nose ring? It looks like he has a nose ring. I think he's he just a not. shadow. Yeah, it's just his weird, like, Cupid's bow yeah. makes it look like. He has a very uh, Green Goblin from Spider-Man yeah. face. yeah. Uh, and then he he lets out this ridiculous like guttural, roar. not even roar. It's 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 not even a bellow. It's just this noise. Yeah. Like clearly he's just trying to say what's all this then in right. a in a <laughs> stereotypical <sighs> lowbrow British accent. Just. <laughs> I made that joke off mic. It's it fits. <laughs> it's perfect. That's it, that's him. exactly what I. What I hear in my brain whenever anyone steps into a scene and they look particularly confused. Yeah. What's my, all this then? <laughs> my brain always goes, what's all this then? <laughs> Sorry, Bat Minute guys. Um, why? I don't know. Because they're British? British? Yeah. I guess. <laughs> what's that from, Tintin? Uh, maybe? I don't even know. Yeah. There's... Uh, but it's just Did something my brain movie? does. No, I don't. I that's been part of my vocabulary for at least a decade. Oh, so okay. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, this this poor this poor little leather hat wearing orc just eats it every step of the way to I the bottom bad. of the tower. I feel bad for him. He hits. He hits like I know three we're not awnings. To sympathize with the enemy, but like, oh my god! Like, but he hits like three awnings. And then, like a crenellation or a parapet or whatever you want to call it, on the outside of this, oh, God. on the outside of this yeah, he thing, bounces and just like breaks his back, bounces and hits the dirt. Yeah, it's I... it's pretty gruesome, uh, and it's not the most gruesome thing that happens to an orc in this minute. No, I, it's close. Um, I didn't even notice that until you pointed it out. Oh no, I I'm aware of it every time. So <laughs> we get one of the first things that happens is like. An orc gets pushed and then turns around with a big, like, leg of lamb or something to hit an orc guy with. No, that's a bat. Oh. I'm pretty sure he's swinging around a thing of meat. Is it? Is it meat? I... Yes. Oh. That is straight up a, a slab of meat. Dude, that guy goes down like a... <laughs> he's just whacking people with it. And then, <laughs> then some guy gets picked up and put into an airplane spin. <laughs> well, he's kicking his little orc feet and just... There's someone just stabbing a guy in the stairwell like five times. I on love frame. the the juxtaposition of all of these like gentle scenes that all that we've had this week, um, and then just chaos, and then just this nonsense, just, like this is just chaotic violence. Just, yeah, what is happening? Um, they I think in the commentary they mentioned they shot way more, but they just weren't going to use it all. Yeah, because 
I mean, not that I would particularly mind watching the movie getting like a five minute crazy chaotic orc no, riot. No, no, like, I don't want that. Not for this, no. But just like in the movie, I'd probably just be laughing my butt off the whole time. <laughs> like, especially if it can, if it just continues to escalate at the rate it escalates across like this 30 seconds. Yeah. But for five minutes, like where does it go? I don't want that. No, I'm good. Just turns into an absolute insanity. Like Mumakil picking up Rohirrim in, in their... <laughs> And their tusks like a vacuum and spitting them in oh, sanity. Yeah, just no. like, how far can we go with just orcs and stuff in the tower? See, I don't want untempered um, Peter Jackson. I'm I... okay with it in an orc riot. No, whatever. no. I don't want that. <laughs> just give me the give me the unfiltered cut. Of, no, I of don't. Just this one fight. Please do not. Because it's ridiculous and whatever. Who cares? Please Because why are they it. even, they're fighting because that's just what they do, I guess. I don't yeah. know. A very tenuous truce, apparently. And then Sam, we get this shot of Sam at like 35 seconds into the minute, hearing the riot in a distance, just like, what the hell? (laughs) What on earth is happening? Yeah. But I feel like he doesn't look quite as worried as he should. He's just more confused. So, okay. Um, That's a lot of noise. He has the ring. Yes. We know that. We don't... We don't even actually know that as an audience. We know that as us. Right, right, right. So, if you were going to do the Temptation of Sam, like, here's where you'd put it. Yeah, it has to be before this. Yeah. Absolutely. So, do you think that would have worked in this adaptation? We've seen it in the <laughs> the ridiculous uh, animated version. Where it goes on a bit too long. Um, so instead of your five minute unadulterated orc cut, I raised your, your orc violence for the temptation. The last temptation of Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Because like, do we like, how do we feel about it? I like the temptation of Sam thing in the book. Yeah. I think it's really cool because I think it, um, this is actually, this is something I brought up off mic with you. Um, a couple weeks ago. Well, now's the chance. <laughs> uh, about how, in some ways, narrative structure-wise, not um, theme-wise, there are more parallels between Sam and Aragorn than Frodo and Aragorn. Mm. Because Sam is also another character who takes, who who is tempted by the ring, but ultimately is able to, like, push it aside. Right. And unlike Aragorn, I mean, he physically took it from Frodo. Uh and Sam is brave and selfless and willing to fight in a way that Aragorn is and Frodo isn't. Right. So I, I think it's interesting that there's kind of more um, action parallels as far as like what the characters do between Sam and Aragorn than Frodo and well, Aragorn. Yeah, because like, I mean, that makes sense to me because Aragorn is is more of your like typical um, fantasy protagonist, yeah, like trademark, you know, like DM, um, and that's why I think Frodo is so interesting is because he's not any of those things. He's a very passive protagonist. Yeah, but like not in a bad way. Yeah, it it in part because we don't spend the entire story with him, it never feels all that tedious. Because if we did, I think it would. But we don't. Yeah. And because we are allowed to have, like, space from Frodo's story, 
it makes the way he interacts with the world around him, like one less tedious to read in the book for the most part. Uh, Mount Doom is like really slow with, with Frodo's like downturn before he decides to be like, no, I'm going to keep the ring. Yeah. Uh, but I think that it having the space really helps in the book. And I think it definitely helps in the movie because if you just had to watch Frodo be like barely reactive for a four hour movie. Right. Right. That would be uh, really boring as a, well, as it a wouldn't cinema be four experience. Hours. Yeah. It'd be, it, it, yeah. You know what I mean though? Like if, if, if if we had the same runtime of all three movies, but Frodo is the right. protagonist, but the reason all they're so long is because there's like twelve main characters. Yeah. Whereas like Aragorn is he's for the most part proactive in the story. There he does have to be pushed into his final like steps of doing things. Right, but I mean like that's just you know reluctant fantasy hero. Right. So like Aragorn is our is our trademark proactive guy, like yeah. you said protagonist he's, he's here to he's here to do the job and and win the day and he's here to be king be king uh i just think it's cool that uh structure wise and and like action wise the character the the next character in the fellowship that's most like aragorn in my opinion is sam who's about as far from aragorn you can get from an in-world perspective yeah so i think it's cool that these two characters have like, narrative beats that are similar. Well, I think, like, Aragorn recognizes, like, from the moment they meet, Aragorn recognizes Sam as, like, oh, like, you know, he's, he's, um, he's not one to be, to be messed with, you know? He, I think he recognizes Sam's bravery and, and his, um, his ability to get things done. Yeah. Sam is brave and humble, probably to a fault. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and just good. He's just nice to people. He has basic respect for everyone around him, except for Gollum. But he even begrudgingly gains that across two towers. Right. Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. Um, so, yeah. And those I, are all uh... qualities that Aragorn struggles with across the movie. Right. But he sees them, like, realized in Sam. Yeah, I think he admires Sam for um, those things. Yeah, definitely. I think it's what... I think it's what a, most characters in the story admire about the hobbits in general. Yeah. And I think um, because Aragorn's the one that tells Gandalf, like, oh, Frodo's not alone. Like, Sam went with him. Like, Ar- And he like, smiles when he tells him. Right, yeah. So I think... Um, he knows, like, you know, Frodo's in good hands because yeah. even though I wasn't able to to um stay with them, like, there's still somebody there who's, you know, like brave hearted and, and true and everything, like that yeah. can can make sure that this happens. Yeah. Stout of heart and, and pure of soul. Yeah. Yeah, so like, what do you think I don't know, like do you do you have have you ever like thought about what like the the temptation of Sam would look like in this movie? Probably not horribly dissimilar from what they did in the animated, I guess, but just not not that long. That that right. scene goes on a while in that Sam animated movie. Sam the brain. Yeah, it goes on way too long. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's really hokey. But I, I think that you only need, like, 
a 90 second thing or not even like that's like on the outside and i think you only need like 90 seconds like maybe 20 seconds of sam like clearly kind of struggling with the ring externally yeah and then like somewhere between 30 seconds to a minute of like set up for the the thing itself and then like another 20 seconds no that's too long of sam like turning it away i um because that that animated scene is like Three or four minutes long or right, something. Right. It's way too long. But what you're saying is also three minutes long. No. Like 20 seconds. 20 seconds. And then 30 seconds to a minute. Yeah, that's that's already a minute and a half. And then like 20 seconds down. That's, that's like a minute and a half. I guess. You said like 60 to 90 seconds. Yeah. What I just described would be 100 seconds, I guess, if you did all of it maximum. Oh, oh I was misunderstanding. I thought you meant like the stuff in the middle was like 90 seconds. No, no, no. I mean in completely. From showing Sam struggling with the ring oh, okay. to showing him turning it away. It's like a 90 second yeah, thing. Yeah, I, um, I think it would be cool, um, I don't know that they would have been able to accomplish it then with, like, the CG technology. Yeah. But, like, having, like, watching, um, this hillside or whatever, um, turn into, like, a lush green, like, space. Would be really cool. Would would be really cool. Um, like we have like Sam struggling with it and then like you hear like the whispering and then it like and it gets you, kind of like gauzy. You, you could have done it with miniature but not show the whole valley in a way that I think gets the point across. Mm. By showing Barador as we see it in the movie, and then it uh in miniature and like layering them in the video. Um, multiple miniatures like crumbling and being overtaken by roots and and greenery mm. as like to get the same point across without having to do quite as much with like a CGI effect. Yeah. See, in my head, um, he like looks out and as he looks out, like there's like a wave or like a rolling. Right. Which is how I've always kind of seen it in my yeah, head. Yeah. Yeah. But I think you can get the same point across just showing Barador itself into like being overtaken by nature. I don't know that it would be, it would come across um clear enough without us seeing this transition happen Mm. um because that's totally something you would want in the transition is like a ruined nature overtaken barador yeah because i just think that's a cool visual to tack on to the temptation of sam yeah um and then you have like you don't even have to have it talking to him um you can just have sam be like no like that's not this is that's not real right Or, or you know, what have you. And, like, to even, like, really put the point across, I can see him, like, clutching the ring and pulling it off his neck and holding the chain in his hand to look at the ring. Um, I don't know that it needs to be that dramatic either, like... I don't know, it just... Sam was the brain. Just, like, <laughs> pulling it from him at the moment where, like, it's at the height of its power. Yeah. To, like, reassert control is, like, a is a visual way to do it without, like, speech. That's true. And then he can just, like, shove the ring in his pocket to show Frodo later. Yeah. I, um, I don't know, but you have the temptation of Sam at the expense of the, like, the, like, Frodo missing the ring. You know? You still, you, have, you still have to show Frodo realizing the ring is gone. But, But like, it can be in their reuniting scene. There isn't, there isn't, like, the surprise that, like, oh, Sam has it. You know what I mean? Like, because at this point, we... Right, unless you the split audience, the scene in half. Right, the audience is like, oh no, Frodo lost the ring. Yeah. Like, unless you split the scene in half, and like 35 seconds into this minute when we see Sam again, 
that's when the temptation of Sam thing happens. Right, that's and, what I was talking and about. And then we go back into with Frodo. Like, you, you'd have to... But that takes the tension away. From this scene? Yes, that's what I was saying. It takes the tension away from the scene because we're just, we're not stressing out with Frodo. It's like, oh, it's okay, Sam has it. Oh, you're, oh, you're saying it takes the stress out of their reunion. Like, for us as a viewer? Well, no, I mean here, too, because, like, you know, if we're watching this for the first time and we don't know that Sam has it. Right. Um, like, like the casual moviegoer is watching this and they're just like, oh, no, Frodo lost the ring. Right. So there is there is an inherent tension there until Sam is like, no, I have it. That's yeah. So that's you true. lose that at the like yeah you I think you, you lose I think that you, you when don't, you have the temptation in. You don't lose it. You just can't hold on to it as long. No, you lose it. It's gone. It's gone as soon as you reveal that Sam has it. Right, right. But I see you. You can have that tension with Frodo for like thirty seconds before the temptation. Of but Sam. I don't know that that's worth it. Like you, you still would have just you still would have a little bit of it, but you're just you're just paying it off on the audience faster. Because like even here, um, when I mean it's not even two minutes from now when we see the ringing. Yeah, I know, but like, so we're talking about like three minutes four, sitting with it. Four minutes. Yeah, we're still talking about three and a half, four that's minutes. That's still a long it. time. Instead of at most, because even a though <laughs> like, even though Sam is coming to rescue Frodo. Like, it feels, I think, with the tension, it feels bittersweet because it's like, I lost the ring. Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I mean, I, I like it here. I just, you know, yeah. I like, I like the temptation of Sam. Me too. I think the temptation of Sam is a, because is a really it, cool scene in the book. It illustrates that, like, like you were saying, I don't know if you said it on mic or off, but like, there's literally nothing that Sam craves yeah, yeah we've we talked about this we've talked about this on mic before i think across the time doing yeah. this that the ring can only tempt people with things that it that they want yeah and, and like the only thing that sam wants is like for things to thrive and, and to be in the shire which is what the image he sees turning mordor into is yeah yeah he just wants to be home yeah so I don't know. So yeah, like the uh I love the idea of the temptation of Sam. I don't know what this would feel like as a viewer not knowing that Sam had the ring because I read the book before I saw this movie right. the first yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. And the I think the book leaves you with only a handful of pages between Frodo getting stung by Shelob and the reveal that Sam has the ring. Mm-hmm. I don't think it, it doesn't leave you that long if you're just right. reading the book. But like, you know, with a with a an adaptation, you need you need to build tension in different sort of ways. Yeah. So like because the book could have left it a mystery for a full chapter for sure. And I think that it works here, especially after not seeing them for 40 minutes. Like like we come back and Frodo is awake and alive, thank goodness, but then he's like lost the ring. Yeah, I guess it, it depends on what kind of tension you want out of out of these few minutes, I guess. Yeah. Because you do get that initial, like, shock of Frodo not having the ring when he reaches for it around his neck right. and he doesn't have it. And then, as a, I guess as a filmmaker, at that point, your judgment whether or not you want the temptation of Sam is whether or not you think there's more value in that, in that scene for Sam as a character and the threat of the ring as a concept versus the tension you build up until the reunion scene with Frodo and yeah. Sam. Yeah. And I think there's there's valid there's valid sides to both of that, I think. I think like I think 
they made a good call by by focusing on Frodo because Frodo is our main character. Yeah. But also, I just like that scene. So. <laughs> yeah, and. The temptation of Sam is my Tom Bombadil. Yeah, there's nowhere else to put it in the movie than right here. No, I know that's like, where because it, it's the is, only place it can this be. This is where it would go. That's why I was like, well, we should talk about this. Like, unless you wanted to, unless you wanted to have this check in with Frodo, with the with like the riot, and then see Sam like hearing it in the distance, and then move to something else, something that we normally jump to after the cure, something that we jump to after the cure Thungle scene. And then come back here again, yeah. like, four minutes later? No, but that doesn't work because we haven't been here for 40 minutes. Yeah, so, like, you, you don't want to jump away too fast from right. them. Right, Like, but that's the that's the only way to, like, keep the audience tension that this kind of already has. Yeah, but then that's, the temptation I, that's too messy. Yeah. Like, I, I like I understand why they, they made the call. I, and I think it's a good call. But, like, I, I don't know. Sam's a, a wholesome bean and I, just, yeah. I love him. <laughs> right, because it's... It's a crystallization of like who Sam is. Right. It's it's one of those it's one of those character things. It's just like, ah, perfect. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, writer of this work, for giving me this thing. Yeah. You put you just put me right in the, the headspace of this character perfectly. Yeah. I always, I, I appreciate stuff like that when I'm reading things. I was I was um something you just said. Um we were talking about um Sam and Aragorn parallels earlier. Yeah. And like at the beginning of the week we talked about Aragorn being like a healer and a warrior and like Sam is a reluctant warrior, but like he's first and foremost a gardener. Yeah. Which is, so, which is another, <laughs> which, which is a restorative thing. Right. Like, or, a, um, nurturing, nurturing thing. Yeah. Restorative is not quite the right word, but like Sam also like understands some amount of like herbal medicine, even if he doesn't understand that like King's foil was useful. Mm-hmm. He seems to understand some amount of herbal medicine from that quick little conversation with Aragorn yeah. and fellowship. Yeah. So, like, that's a thing. It's not super well-established, but it's completely understandable. Um, But, yeah, like, Sam is a nurturer first and becomes a warrior. And Aragorn is kind of the same. Like, Aragorn seems to just want to protect people mostly. Yeah. But, yeah, that's true. They both, they both have that, like, dichotomy. Because we talked a lot about, um, in season one especially, about... Um, Sam and Aragorn, or not Sam and Aragorn, um, Frodo, Frodo and Aragorn, and Aragorn par- parallels. Yeah, because they have a lot and, of thematic parallels, right? And I can't believe like I've never just—it's never occurred to me that Sam and Aragorn are like cut from the same cloth, but they kind of are. Yeah. So. They're you know they're they're both reluctant heroes in the story. Yeah. And they both like do kind of the most heroic thing in each of their narratives. Yeah, for sure. Um, one more thing I wanted to talk about in this minute. I really like the design of these, um... The what Watchers. Would you, what would you call them? Are they supposed to be the Watchers? Yes, I they call them out as supposed to be the Watchers. And they, they mention that these carvings are based on, um... I think they say Maori designs. Mm. Um, which I'm curious... The thing that I'm curious about the Watchers, and I don't know for sure... Because I thought the gargoyle at the... Tower of the Witch King was supposed to be kind of. It has that vibe in the scene, right? Yeah, yeah. But that's not what they're going for. They're just trying to be spooky and creepy. But these are supposed to be the Watchers. Um, My question about the Watchers and like something I don't know for sure is whether or not they were there before Mordor took this over. Oh. And or whether or whether they were built by 
uh, Numenor originally and corrupted over time. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I like the design of these. They remind me of, um, what's the guy that did all the, the uh, xenomorph designs for Alien? Oh, H.R. Geiger. Yeah. That, I, the same vibe. Yeah. It is, it is kind of xenomorphy. Yeah, with the creepy fingers. Are they supposed to be like vultures? They they look yeah, they kinda look like vultures. They, their their head, head faces are a little skeletal. Yeah. They have like little beaks, like little avian heads. Yeah. They got all these ridges up their necks. Yeah. I uh I like the design. We only see it for like a second. Yeah, we don't get a good look at them. They have two heads and three or four claws. Um four. There's yeah. Four. And they're they're like set corner style. Yeah. And the the entrance to Kirthungle is on a point. It's carved out of a point on the the octagon that makes up the tower. Mm. Instead of flat against one of the sides that you would normally see. Yeah. It's carved into the point and like added in, which is kind of cool. And you see the the structure on the inside of the tower is the same way. It's actually offset from the way the walls are. That's interesting. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting way to like having designed this. Yeah. It makes it look slightly off kilter, mm-hmm. which is probably the point. Yeah, that's true. Because it's all orc stuff. And there's just bodies everywhere when Sam steps in. How fast was this fight? Well, in the distance, it was fairly small from where Sam was. Okay, so he just takes his sweet time. <laughs> Would you run towards the sound of a bunch of orcs fighting? I, mean, I certainly would. Frodo's there. Yeah, that's true. But Sam is one dude, and, you know... He understands some of his limitations. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's that's today. We're from the website DuelingGenre.com. Go check us out there along with all the other podcasts on the site. And if you're just looking for more Movies by Minutes podcasts in general, you can head over to MoviesByMinutes.com where you can find about 160 more. So go go check those out. I'm sure you'll find at least one more that you want to you wanna give your time to. Especially because we're going to be over soon. I know. Sad. <laughs> In another hour. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, yeah. We'll be, we'll be wrapped in November, I think. That sounds right. I hope everyone has a great weekend and we'll be back on Monday to keep talking about, uh, Samwise Master Samwise. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye.